I wanted to read you a few passages of scripture this morning and, and meditate on the subject of joy, Christian joy. The sermon this morning is an old, old sermon by uh, Charles Spurgeon on the subject of joy. Let me read to you Deuteronomy 28, verse 45 to 47. Deuteronomy 28, verse 45 to 47 says, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. Now, take note here, we're in Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the last book of Moses, and all of the law has been revealed and, and given to the newly founded nation, to the nation who has received the law on Sinai in the book of Exodus and has gone through some of the early years of their, of their founding. And here they're, they're being threatened, if you will. Um, they're, they're being warned here in Deuteronomy 28 what happens if and when they turn their back on the Lord? What, what, what is going to be the nature of life if they forget everything God has taught them and shown them? So that's why we're speaking about these curses that will come upon them and pursue them and overtake them. It's, it's speaking about a people who um, are kind of prophetically being warned what happens when they turn away from God. So... Um, these the curses, the, the bad things that would be happening to them when that happened, it goes on to say, um, verse 46, Deuteronomy 28, 46, And they shall be upon you for a sign and a wonder, and on your descendants forever. The curses will be a sign. Verse 47, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and in need of everything and you will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. It's a profound verse mainly because of what I see here in the middle of the passage the sign and the wonder of this curse and of the hardship and of the opposite of blessing on their lives is said to be because of there in verse 47, because you didn't serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Because you wouldn't recognize the goodness given to you and the goodness done to you. You didn't serve the Lord your God with joy. You didn't minister to the Lord. Enjoy, and so these evil things would come upon the nation of Israel in their future. Look at Psalm sixteen eleven. I'm just going to look at a couple of these passages on Christian joy, on the joy of the person who is a follower of the Lord. Psalm sixteen eleven says, "You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand." Our pleasures forevermore. This is a person 
utterly dependent on the Lord. This is a person who knows God and His glory, His almighty power and His favor for His children, for those who are the people of His promise. Go on down with me to um, Jeremiah 15 and verse 16. Jeremiah 15 and verse 16. It says, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. So here's a, a picture of the prophet and his joy that he knows because of the word of God and because of God's calling on his own life. The man who is called by the name of God belongs to God. He is God's. And this is a great joy to him. There's another great passage on Christian joy in Habakkuk chapter 3. Look at that one with me briefly. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17. Habakkuk 3.17 Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. What is he talking about here in verse 17? A fig tree with no flowers. Vines with no fruit. Olive trees with no olives. Fields with no food. What is he talking about? He's talking about a very, very difficult famine, isn't he? He's talking about all the signs round about. All of the evidence round about says that they're going to have nothing to eat. They're going to have no provision. He goes on to say, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. He's talking about not only famine, but loss. Loss of any of the hope of a meal by your animals. No no symbol, no, no, no comfort of wealth, because there are no excess animals in the stalls. Nothing to eat today, nothing to eat next week. Look at verse 18, at, at the man who is steadfast in his hope and in his joy in the Lord. Verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high hills. So, here we read this great remembrance of the prophet Habakkuk who, who really looked at uh, eminent difficulty, eminent judgment on the nation. And this verse 18 contrasts a great, great, amazing hope with what is in verse 17 a most disturbing and hopeless loss. And yet the prophet had great joy 
in the Lord, who is the Lord of his salvation. Oh, men and women of, of Laytonville, we have great reason to be hopeful and joyful in knowing the God of salvation, knowing the God of the promise of eternal life. So, as I close in this meditation, let me read you two verses from Hebrews. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, those who have gone before us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Remember, Christian, your joy is something to fix your eyes on that is far in the future. It could be tomorrow, but it might not be for many years. There is a joy set before you who are in Christ, and it gives us a great endurance for whatever kinds of hardship, whatever kinds of difficulties may be on you today. So remember that as we set our hearts on the Lord. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, we we thank you and praise you that in trials, in need, in difficulty, Lord, you are the God of our provision. You are the God who gives us endurance as you have given to the generations of believers before us, God. Oh Lord, help us to be as Christ set our eyes on the joy that is before us. Oh God, help us to endure today's trials with with hope and confidence in you, our Savior. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.